Mercy Vineyard Church. And let's go ahead and put our mission statement up and uh, all say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That is what our church is all about. Uh, we are a church on mission. We're loving Jesus. We're loving each other. We're growing in Christ. And we're going. We're serving each other. We're serving our community. You guys, I'm so excited. We've had uh, a masonry guy <laughs> finally across the street. We will get this thrift store open, this neighborhood thrift store open. Uh, but we had a wall, an exterior wall that would look like a pregnant woman. And it, wa it was it would have collapsed on itself. And so we, we have had a masonry guy over there all week long. And uh, so he uh, is awesome. He's a great guy. And his name, is, his last name is McChurch. So that's perfect, right? <laughs> it's perfect that he's working for us. And so it's wonderful. And then when that is done, we can work on the floor and we can start actually remodeling the place. So it'll be good. So excited. So we're, we're a church on mission. We're growing in Christ and we're loving and that's what it's all about. But this morning what we're doing is we are starting a new three-part series on mindset. And uh, on this area of mindset, like, and I, as but we were putting this together, I thought we should have made this longer. Three, three weeks is not enough. Um, because this is such an important thing. It's, it's how our mindset affects every area of our life, how we can change our mindsets to grow, to succeed, to flourish. And uh, we're taking our cues from scripture, but in case you're wondering, in case you're like, give me more resources. Uh, I, a big inspiration for this week is the book by Carol Dweck, PhD Carol Dweck, uh, called Mindset. So if you're like, I want a book to read, please pick up the book. On mindset. You've been picking You like it, right? Yeah, I can tell because your mindset is. Yeah, it's. it's uh, anyway, so, and so it's. Uh, she kind of talks about two different modes, two different mindsets that most people carry in all or different areas of their life. And the first one is a fixed mindset. So she talks about the fixed mindset. And the fixed mindset is one that believes that our qualities are fixed in stone, right? So what would be a fixed mind? Like, you may hear people, you may hear people say certain things, and you go, oh, that's a fixed mindset, right? So have you ever uh, met somebody who has a temper, and they say something like, I can't help it, I'm, I'm, I'm German, right? I'm an angry German, well, I don't know, you know. Well, they might say something like that. That's a fixed mindset, right? A fixed mindset would, uh, would rather not try than to try and fail. Anybody ever been there before? I'd rather not try, I'd rather not do it because I don't want to do it and fail. That comes from a fixed mindset, right? A lot, some kids, I, I, I got to talk to some, uh, some of our campers, I remember one, it was actually clubbers on a Tuesday night and I was talking to one of them and he was talking about how amazing he was at basketball. And and I asked him if he was going to go out for the team. He said, no. I said, why aren't you going to watch the team? Because none of those guys know how to play. Well, he just didn't want to be found out, right? Okay, so it's a, you know, would rather not try than to try and fail. It's the mindset that leans towards I can't rather than I'll try, right? I can't versus I'll try. And there's only two options with a fixed mindset, only two. It's either 
win or lose. There's no in-between. You either win or you lose. If you're not first, you're last. Ah, <laughs> Talladega Nights reference. Okay. It's say, you know, it's, it's will I succeed or fail? Will I be accepted or rejected? Will I look smart or will I look dumb? There's no in-between. So that fixed mindset is very, very black and white in all these things. It's the mindset that overvalues how other people see us. O overvalues how other people see us. So when we receive instruction, when we receive a criticism, when we receive feedback, it will throw us into a tailspin, right? It overvalues how other people see us. And uh, people with a fixed mindset, they've got something to prove. They've got something. I remember a guy who drove a BMW and could not afford to drive a BMW to save his life. But he had something to prove. He wanted people to see his car, right? Even though when it broke down, it sat in his driveway for a year because he couldn't afford to fix it, right? Get, he couldn't afford to get, nobody wanted to buy it. <laughs> he couldn't afford to fix it. And, uh, but he bought it because kind of he had something to prove, right? And so, in fact, I, I want to show you guys just a quick clip that I thought was a great example of, of a fixed mindset. Check this out. Hey, up. Hey. hey, where's Lois? She couldn't make it. You know, I can't believe you're really going out with a woman named Lois. I know, finally. <laughs> but George, guess who her boss is? Duncan Meyer. Duncan Meyer? Who's he? Elaine, only one other person in the world knows what I'm about to tell you, and that's George. When we were in the ninth grade, they had us all line up at one end of the schoolyard for this big race to see who was going to represent the school in this track meet. Mm -hmm. I was the last one on the end. George was next to me, and Mr. Bevelacqua, the What's that? Mr. Bevelacqua, the gym teacher. Oh, of course. He was down at the other end. So he yells out, ready, on your mark, get set. And I was so keyed up, I just took off. <laughs> By the time he said go, I was 10 yards ahead of everybody. No. Yes. I looked up, I couldn't believe it. When the time the race was over and I had won, I was shocked. Nobody had noticed the head start. Really? Yes, and I had won by so much, a myth began to grow about my speed. <laughs> Only Duncan suspected something was amiss. He's hated me ever since. And now he's back. Well, what happened when you raced him again? I never did. In four years of high school, I would never race anyone again. Not even to the end of the block or to catch a bus. And so the legend grew. Everyone wanted me to race. They begged me. The track coach called my parents, pleading, telling them that it was a sin for me to waste my God-given talent. But I answered him in the same way I answered everyone. I choose not to run. So now Duncan is back. He's back. As I knew he would be someday. <laughs> Man, that's some tart cider. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that would be an example of a fixed mindset. I don't want to race because I will be found out. I'll be found out that I'm not perfect, that I'm not super talented, that I'm not really fast, that I'm not very athletic. And so that would be an example. The other side of the, the coin, though, from you have your fixed mindset, is a growth mindset. Okay, And that's where we want to be, the growth mindset. The growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things that you can cultivate, right? You're not just simply born with them. 
uh, but they're things that you can cultivate through efforts, through strategies, through help from others, okay, that you can change, that you can improve. You're not just sort of, you know, born with these talents or, you know, naturally gifted. And some people do have natural giftings, but you know what's amazing is the people that I know who are most naturally gifted also practice the most. <laughs> I, I've, I've noticed that. So, you know, I have a great friend over in Davenport, and uh, it just seems like he can pick up his guitar and play anything, and that's that. And, uh, and it just, you know, he's just gifted. And I was talking to his wife one day about her husband's gifting, and she said, yeah, he always has his guitar in his hand. He practices all the time. And so uh, our efforts can grow. Our mindset believes that uh, the, the growth mindset believes that failure is a bend in the road, not the end of the road, okay? And so that being unable or ill-equipped to accomplish something is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to stretch. It's an opportunity to grow. In fact, they say that the, the best goals that you can create when you create a goal for your life or different goals to achieve are goals that cause you to actually become better, not just achieve something better. And so uh, that even though you don't know how you're going to succeed, you're going to figure it out. You're going to acquire the skills, and then you'll succeed. And that what really matters isn't natural gifting, it's purposeful engagement in something. It's purposeful engagement, not a fixed talent or trait that usually determines success. In other words, it's how hard you really try, right? And how many times have we been there, have I been there, have you been there, where we go, hey, I tried and it didn't work. But did you really? <laughs> you know what I mean? I watched a YouTube video. Eh, okay. You know, so it's purposeful engagement. And that even when you do succeed, right, and we do, you're not going to focus on how great you are. You're going to focus on how you can get even better. Even better. I love it. I'm trying to remember, and if you remember this, uh, if you remember the name of the guy, and I can't remember, he's world-renowned, one of the most famous violinists that ever lived, uh, was asked why he practices three hours a day. And he said, it's because I think I'm getting better. <laughs> right? And that's the mindset. That's a growth mindset. And the view that you adopt for yourself profoundly, profoundly uh, affects the way that you lead your life, okay? And I know that I can find myself, I can find myself in a fixed mindset sometimes. And a lot of times I'll find myself in a fixed mindset when I uh, lack a certain amount of passion, all right? And we all kind of do that, right? When we don't have a ton of passion for something, we'll come up with all sorts of excuses. But I know that I can find myself in a fixed mindset sometimes. I find myself saying things like, that's just not in my wheelhouse, right? That's just not, or I'm choosing not to do things because I'm afraid to look foolish, like Jerry, right? I choose not to run. Uh, and unfortunately, I've left some dreams unfulfilled because of it, things that I really want to do. I've really missed out on some growth opportunities uh, in, the, in that process of having a fixed mindset. And so I want to take a look at a scripture. I want to take a look at a, a scripture in Numbers. But first, let's, let's pray real quick. God, I pray that uh, your word would come alive in us today, that your word would bear good fruit in us, 
Lord, we love you so much. And God, we want to be people that are growth-minded. God, that have the mind of Christ. And so, Lord, speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, I'm so excited about next week. Y'all know my friend Ron Martinez. And Ron is an amazing, uh, he's, a, he's a family therapist. He's an incredible guy. Loves Jesus so, 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 so much. And he's actually coming next week to talk about developing the proper mindset, a growth versus fixed mindset in our relationships. And so I'm super jazzed about that. Uh, so make sure that you are here and notebook in hand and all that stuff. And so we're going to read from uh, the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. And this is uh, a part in scripture that's super pivotal. It is a, it's a, this is a pivot point in the life of the nation of Israel, right? They are on the cusp of inheriting the land that God promised them. They're there. They're on the border. They've stepped up. They've got their toes up to the land that God has promised them. But because of their mindset, and we'll read about that, God actually made them wait another 40 years before he would give it to them. Okay. All right. And they're standing at the edge of the promised line, uh, land, and God says, there's some really evil people in that land. And I want you to go, and I want you to conquer them. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to help you. And I want you to take it from them, and I want you to make it yours. So the Israelites, what they did is they got together 12 guys, and they said, go out there and scope out the land and bring back a report. So you all kind of following me there? Okay? And it says this in uh, chapter 12, verses 25 through 28. It says, after, or 13, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. And it says, uh, they returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they'd seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. I love that they, that they come back. So far, so good. It's everything you said it was going to be. It's amazing. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, kind of like uh, Colorado Springs, right? You can see the mountains. It's wonderful. There's a Chipotle on every corner. And so it says, uh, land, land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produced. And they had this, this bunch of grapes that was so big it took two people to carry them. And uh, it says, but, that's where, the, that's where verse 28 starts. But, there's always a but with limited mindset, isn't there? There's always a but. Yeah, but. Oh, I hate it when those two words are put together. Yeah, but. But there's always a but with a limited mindset. And so he's, they go on and they say, the people living there are so powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Right? So they're saying, it's awesome, but... And then it says in chapter 14, verses 6 through 8, it says, Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Don, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing because they were so upset. So they're listening to these guys with their butts, and they're so upset, and they start to tear their clothing. Okay? And they said to all the people of, the, of the Israel, 
The land we are traveling through and explored is a wonderful land. And the Lord, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is rich land flowing with milk and honey. And then you fast forward to verses 10 and 11. It says, but the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. What the what? Right? They talked about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? If you, you see that. God says, I'm promising you the land, go take it. And they're coming back and going, no way. And God's saying, that's contemptuous. How long will they treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them. Ah, isn't it amazing how when something is required of us to do our part, how quickly we forget how many times God did his. Right? It's amazing how when something is required of us, we forget about all the times that God came through for us. All the times he did. Right? Like how many times has God like came through for us financially and when we have an opportunity to give, we can't afford to? Oh, now it just got real quiet. Right? I mean, how many times has God come through for us and blessed us and somebody and sent somebody our way to bless us, but we have an opportunity to go bless somebody else or help somebody else, and suddenly we don't have time? We don't have energy? We don't believe that God's going to make up the difference? Right? So, like, wow, this is kind of what God is saying here. I just led, I fed you miraculously. I literally cause food to appear on the ground out of nowhere every day for you, right? I literally parted the sea for you to walk through. And now when I say go and conquer these people, you have forgotten all the things that I've done? You don't have any faith, even though literally it wasn't that long ago I just did these things for you. So God is awesome. And it's, if you remember one thing this morning, remember this, please. Your mindset can be your greatest asset or your greatest hindrance. Now, really, it's up to you. We get to make a choice here. Your mindset can be your greatest asset or your greatest hindrance. So the 10 scouts that came back with a bad report could only see themselves and their resources through the tents of present reality, right? And you guys, I've said these words, and, and uh, maybe you've said these words too. You guys probably have a lot more faith than me. But I've said these words where I've gone, hey, I'm just being realistic. Right? I'm just being realistic. And uh, they were looking through the lens of present tense reality. And they were being realistic. I mean, there were giants in the land. Right? Not just one Goliath, but many. Right? And so it's the mindset that says we shouldn't even try. We're not strong enough. The task is too big. I choose not to try. I choose not to. It's funny, even with Jerry, if you watch the rest of that episode, he didn't train. He never trained. Like, there's not a single moment where he goes, maybe I'll, re I'll raise this guy and I'll train. He didn't. It was either win or lose. It was pass or fail. And so uh, it's the sort of kind of faithless mindset, and it was incredibly offensive to God. Wow. Isn't it crazy that when we don't have faith, it actually offends God? 
Okay? It was so offensive to God that he actually took out the lives of those ten scouts. I don't want to be where those guys are standing. Right? God actually took out the lives of the ten scouts because they were, not only were they faithless, not only were they shaken in their boots, they were encouraging everybody else to be shaking in their boots too. They were telling everybody else, hey, don't even go there. Warning, warning, warning. There's been times, you guys, I have a confession to make as a pastor. You may not like this. There's been times when I've had very little faith, but I've stood here and go, let's go charge hell with a water pistol, guys. Okay? Because I don't want to be like those guys. And sometimes, the more I say it, the more my faith grows. And sometimes we just got to keep saying it and keep speaking it. So uh, these two scouts, uh, Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a positive report, and they saw what could be. And that's what their eyes were on. This is what could be. This is what could be. And uh, their mindset said, God is bigger than the giants in the land. Sure, there's giants, but God is bigger, right? Sure, it's going to be hard, but God is stronger. And so they had this wonderful growth, faithful mindset. God is bigger. And if he leads us to it, he's going to bring us through it. And that was their mindset. And I love it. This is the kind of mindset that's just willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Learn whatever needs to be learned. Okay? Sure, you know what? I, there may be giants, but God's going to go with us. God is bigger. Maybe God will send us a book on how to beat giants. I don't know. But we're going to grow into this. We're going to do this. God's going to be, God's going to have our back. All right? And so uh, we're going to learn whatever needs to be learned. We're going to trust, and we're going to work for the resources needed. And God was so pleased with these guys, with these two out of 12, God was so pleased with them that uh, he promised them a special honor. I'd rather have a special honor. <laughs> right? God promised them a special honor. And so what else can we learn about a mindset from this story. I've got a, a, a saying, and it's, it's, it's really silly, but it's if, but ifs and buts are regrets and ruts, right? Ifs and buts are regrets and ruts. 100% of the time, just about, 80% of the time, it works 100% of the time, almost all the time. Our ifs and our buts just turn into regrets. They turn into ruts. We're just going to do the same old thing instead. There's always a but when there's a mountain to climb. There's always a but when there's a mountain to climb, right? You know, one of the things that I admire about our church is I've seen in the last five years a handful of people literally pivot their entire life. You know what? I'm going to make a career change. I'm going to learn all the stuff. I'm going to grow. I'm going to change. I'm not going to get stuck in a rut. I'm going to keep on moving forward, right? I love that about our people. And we have entrepreneurial people here. And I love that, too. And so, uh, but when you have a fixed mindset, there's always this but when there's a mount mountain to climb, right? We want to be healthier, but there's always an excuse as to why we can't. I want to exercise, but, right? I knew one guy who really wanted to exercise. He used, I, you know, he used to talk to me uh, all the time. And he'd tell me about how he really, really needed to get in better shape because he had a, a physical issue and his weight was just causing tons of pain and tons of problem physically. And, uh, and he'd say, I, I need to go exercise, but I can't because of my physical issue. And it was so funny uh, because uh, as we got in a, in a conversation, 
we discovered that there actually was exercises that he can do. But, right? Well, I don't know. How about swimming? Can you do that? Yeah, but, well, I mean, walking, you can walk. Yeah, but, and, uh, and the sad thing about it is I, just over the years, I watched his health just decrease and decrease and decrease because he just uh, was so committed to his limitations, right? When you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Remember that, okay? And yeah, buts, that's all we're doing is fighting for our limitations. When we fight for our limitations, we get to keep them. And so there's always a but when there's a mountain to climb. And we want to have better relationships, right? And what are the things that ruin our better relationships? We get stuck in if-onlys. If only that other person. If only there, you know, if only there were better-looking guys at my church. If, hey, there are awesome-looking guys here, okay? They're just all married. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, single guys. <laughs> so, you know, but there's always, there's always a if only, there's the if onlys and the yeah buts and, and uh, you know, the words if only and yeah but should only be used sparingly if at all. And when we make excuses, what happens is, remember I said, we get regrets and ruts. When we make excuses, we end up living with I wish I would have. So the, the excuses, the if onlys and the yeah buts today become I wish I would have tomorrow. Think about that for just a minute, okay? It's all a matter of mindset. And we fall into a rut of consistently making excuses. Why? And let's just be honest, making excuses is easier. And when we make an excuse and we don't do it, it gives us a, uh, like a fake peace. It gives us a false peace. In that moment, we have a sense of peace, like we're off the hook. But you know what? A couple weeks, a couple months later, we're just miserable because we're in the same condition we were in that made us miserable now, okay? So you know what? You can do what's hard or you can do what's easy, uh, and it just depends on how bad you want it, right? So second thing is this. A life of growth can often get lonely. And we see this for Joshua and Caleb, right? They're the ones who were like, let's do it. Let's go. God has promised us the land. Let's go get some milk and honey. This is going to be awesome. And what happens? Almost the entire community turns against. They want to stone them. When you are committed to a path of growth, to succeeding, to kind of breaking out of maybe the mold that you grew up in or the mold of the people, it can be lonely. It can be a lonely place, right? If you, I don't know about you guys, but some people grow up in environments where when, per, when somebody wants to succeed, when somebody wants to grow and change, they hear things like this. You think you're better than us now? So now you think you're better because you have a degree? So now you think you're better because you started a business? So now you think you're better, right? And some people are surrounded. You're surrounded by people like that. And it can be really, really difficult to just shut out the voices, right? What are they, you know, the old meme, turn haters into motivators? I think that's so stupid, but sure, do it, you know. <laughs> you know, just, uh, but just, it's so hard. You can be very lonely. You, can be, you know, the, the old saying, and I know this can be taken many ways, but the old saying, it's lonely at the top. You know, there's, there's truth to that. You can, it can be very lonely, especially if you grew up in an environment with a fixed mindset or around people, or maybe all your friends had a fixed mindset. 
And, uh, you know, it can be lonely. It can get lonely. The Israelites wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb because they brought back a good report. A person with a fixed mindset will often feel threatened or envious or insecure by someone with a growth mindset. So you have to re you know, remember that. If the people around you are, you know, accusing you, think you think you're better than me, or they're throwing some weird red herrings at you, or making weird judgments, it's probably because they suffer from a fixed mindset. And they themselves don't believe that where they are today, that that's never going to change, right? Or they just don't want to change. And so find other people. Find other people with a growth mindset. Just surround yourself with people who will support you and go, it's so awesome what you're doing. I love what you're doing. What, you know, how can I be praying for you? Surround yourself with people with a growth mindset and, and just determine to press forward with the Lord's help. And even if you're, let's say that you, you can't find any, maybe you're just like, I can't find anybody with a growth mindset. You know, then just start listening to people with growth mindsets. Find some podcasts. There's plenty of them out there, you know. Listen to Lewis Howe's School of Greatness or one of these people, you know, and just start listening to people with growth mindsets and get that in your ears, okay? And don't worry about those people. Don't worry about those people, all right? So some of those people will come around one day and go, okay, how'd you do it? Okay? And so it can get lonely, uh, a life of growth. And then lastly... Just remember this, the best stuff is on the other side of growth. The best stuff is on the other side of growth. You know, this is our, uh, I think I mentioned before, this is our third church plant. The first two didn't make it a year. But we grew so much. We grew so much, right? We didn't go, oh, failure, failure. I guess we just don't have what it takes. Could you imagine? There'd be no Mercy Vineyard. If after that second one, we were just like, we just don't have what it takes. It's just not in our wheelhouse. This is just never going to succeed. We wouldn't have a camp. We wouldn't have that reunion yesterday. We wouldn't have these, you know, changing the lives of our neighborhood, of these kids, if we would just would have went, ah, uh, fail. But instead, we, we learned loads from those first two church plants. We learned a lot. We took our licks. And it was good. The best stuff is on the other side of growth grow. God's promise, you know, his promise to the Israelites giving them this land, it was amazing, right? The bundles of grapes take two people to carry them. Growing, learning, acquiring new skills, and doing things that other uh, people spend their lives wishing they could, right? It carries a sense of joy. It carries a sense of fulfillment, right? It, it carries a sense of accomplishment. You know, when you, uh, when you grow into something, and then you uh, uh, experience that thing, right? When you hold that certificate, that diploma in your hand, when you start that job, when you hold that book in your hand, you know? You, you, it, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the entire world. And 99% of the rest of the world wishes they could experience what you're experiencing in that moment, okay? And so, the best stuff is on the other side of growth. Now, growth isn't easy. Growth takes work. You gotta learn stuff. You gotta read books. You gotta slog through it. You gotta do it when you're tired. You gotta do it when you're not in the mood. You gotta do it when you don't have the passion, right? You gotta just keep doing it. I remember our first camp. You know, I think people sometimes get the impression that, that 
when Wendy decided to be the camp director, and she was way up here riding high, that she was riding up high the entire process, raising tens of thousands of dollars, recruiting, but she was just riding high. And then at camp, when the kids were swearing at her and punching volunteers and when all those things, that she was just riding high. Not at all. Not at all. But you know what? At the, our first welcome home dinner, when we were looking at pictures and seeing lives changed, she was in tears and she was saying, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Right? Okay? And so the best stuff is on the other side of the growth, of the hard work, the hard work. My first novel, in fact, I'm writing my fourth right now, it's a slog. I'm telling you, if you're ever thinking about becoming an author, I'm just telling you right now, right now, right now, writing is misery. Writing, <laughs> when you're sitting at the keyboard, writing is misery. But when you hold it in your hand, you go, oh, worth it? Worth it. Worth it. The best stuff is on the other side of growth. And uh, so just imagine, you know, imagine that point. Imagine that point. And so today what I want to do is I just want to end with a little, what I like to call, ruthless self-evaluation. <laughs> right? Ruthless self-evaluation. And the question is this. The question is this. Have I allowed my mindset to fall into fixed patterns? Have I, have I done that? And one of the things that you can do is you can ask someone close to you if they've seen that in you, right? Ask your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's tough. That's tough. But have I allowed my, set, my, my mindset to fall into fixed patterns? Am I making more excuses than meaningful relationships? Don't we do that? It doesn't matter that, you know, God wants us to be in meaningful relationships, that God wants us to live in community. How often do we go, but I'm an introvert? That's a fixed mindset. And you're missing out on so much of the kingdom. Okay? It affects our relationships. Uh, our accomplishments. If the only thing that you have accomplished over the last year is expanding your DVD collection, you probably have a fixed mindset. Okay? If the only thing that you've accomplished over the last year is completing those games, you might have a fixed mindset. And it's time to work on those things. Okay? Or if the only thing you've contributed over the last year is nothing, then you might have a fixed mindset. Okay? Because we're missing out on some of the very best parts of the kingdom if we're missing out on these things. Am I overly concerned? The other question is, am I overly concerned with how other people will see us? Uh, I, I get to be a part of an author's group on Facebook, and there's a lot of authors who actually never publish their book. They'll write it. They'll complete it. They might even, like, have a printing company make one copy just for themselves. But they never publish it because they're afraid of looking like a bad author. Because they're afraid of... You know, what if nobody, nobody likes it, right? And so uh, that is a fixed mindset. Am I overly concerned with how others see me? Do I only see win or lose, success or failure? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. Do I only see win or lose, success or failure? 
Or is there a whole lot of in-between with opportunities to grow? It's a big question. And if you see areas in your life where you have a fixed mindset, can I just encourage you to take those areas to the Lord? Can I encourage you to go back and get prayer today? Our prayer team is going to be heading back there right now. And uh, if you would like them to pray for you for that, do that. So I want the worship team to come up. And I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for you. I think that the next couple of weeks, you guys, are going to be so, so important as we talk about this. Next couple of weeks. I'm so excited about Ron coming uh, next week to talk about uh, growth mindset and our relationships. And then the next week, we're actually going to talk about practical steps that we can take to develop a growth mindset. I'm really, really excited about that. So I hope you, you stay with us. But uh, I just want to pray for you. Won't you all stand with me? And again, if you need prayer this morning, and if you, you can go back there for prayer for anything. It doesn't have to be this, but we have a prayer team back there. They'd love to pray for you. But I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit challenging us in this area today. I feel like the Holy Spirit is uh, provoking us to grow, nudging us. God, I pray that we would be, God, a people of growth. God, a people of faith, a people of risk. God, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. God, that we would be a people who don't make excuses, but follow your calling and your challenge, your encouragement, your nudging in our life. Lord God, that we would take what's on your heart and make it manifest in our world. God, we need you, though. We need you. Give us the mind of Christ. Make us like Joshua and Caleb look at the challenges in front of us and go, but the Lord's with us. Let's do it. God, be exalted, exalted, exalted in Jesus' name.